Welcome to the Checkmates Go podcast. Join your favorite Checkpoint expert, Phone Boy, and his guests as they cover a range of cybersecurity topics to help you secure your everything. Be sure to subscribe and share, and don't forget to rate and review us. And now, here's Phone Boy. We had a great talk on securing the blockchain a few weeks ago. And the Q&A that we got, uh, I actually got to ask some really good questions of some really good experts. We had assembled a, a panel of experts uh, uh, led by Itai Greenberg, who's our chief strategy officer here at Checkpoint. We had some, uh, we had Edan Levin from uh, Collider Ventures. We uh, we had Oded Vanunu, who's our head of products vulnerability research. We also had some uh, some folks from some other uh, startups that are doing uh, that are doing uh, blockchain security. And I got to ask a lot of questions and they were, they were questions that the audience had. And I thought they were really good questions. And I got to ask, of course, I also get to ask my own questions. I get to start off with asking a question of my own. Correct me if I'm wrong, but most of the security issues aren't with the blockchain itself. And I mean, you know, whether we're talking about Ethereum or, or, or you know, Bitcoin or, or Cardano or whoever, right? It seems like the issues that you all are bringing up are uh, related to the smart contracts. Am I, am I correct in that assumption? Or is there something fundamentally wrong with the blockchain itself as well? Yeah, so uh, I will answer for that. Okay. Uh, so the base layer, the blockchain itself, it's very, very secured. Uh, we can see that in the last few years, almost 15 uh, uh, years from the first Bitcoin was deployed, the, the blockchain itself never been hacked. But the applications over the blockchain, the smart contract themselves, they have bugs the private keys of the users can be uh, stolen. And then when they're compromised and the smart contact has bugs, then it's, and it's not related to the blockchain itself, uh, just for the applications, then everything can change and it can be much less secure than any other uh, uh, application on the web too. So the web tree itself, the base layer is secured, but the application are different uh, story. Yeah. So now, Oded, I'm going to ask you this question because you, and you answered it in writing. But uh, so um, again, the, the the vulnerabilities in this are or the the issues are are the things that we already know have issues, right? Things you know, things like client side applications, things like the the API servers that the, 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 those applications talk to. Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, so it's it's very similar. We need to understand that it's very similar again to Web two. The only difference is that the database ledger it's 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 based on blockchain. It's like distributed ledger. So along the way that we have software which can be on the front end and on the smart contract layer, eventually if there will be a vulnerability that allows me to execute my code which is like the 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 fundamental way of how to attack then i will have access to to a context if i will attack the platform i will be in the context of the user's wallet and then that's it the implication is very very big we need to understand that the implication of attacks on web3 and web2 are totally different on web3 when i'm exploiting, I have immediate profit and the profit can be few thousands of dollars or can be hundreds of millions of dollars as we saw. And 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 then another vector is that if there is a vulnerability, again, the smart contract are software. Basically, if they have a vulnerability, I can use the technology 
to exploit and elevate my privilege to get access directly to the blockchain network. However, we need to understand once transaction is being made, you cannot tamper it. This is like the most secure. However, if there is vulnerability in the layers above that, the attacker is like having the privilege to get the access. So, you know, when we talk about blockchain applications, it's actually, you know, the block, like we say, the blockchain itself is not, not really the problem. It's, yeah, the apps on it. Although there's some comments about Ethereum and Cardano. I'm not going to get into those, I don't think. But now, uh, Dikla, I know you're there. Uh, if you could come on camera for a second, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question, um, that, that you answered here in the chat. Uh, so, um, so you talked the size of the network, right? The number of nodes in the in the in the in the blockchain network does it, that does that matter in terms of overall security? And can explain a little bit about that. But you're not on. You need to come on camera though, because I don't see you. But um, Odette, maybe you want to take that, or maybe you want to take the question. Yeah, Mayor, you want to take it? Yeah, I can. I can take it. Thank you, Odette. So of course that the the number of blockchain uh, of nodes in the blockchain is. Is very important uh, parameter, right? The more it's decentralized, the more it's secure. Uh, but it also can affect this, the scalability of it. But I would say that it's much. Uh, eventually, as Odette said, uh, a blockchain is like a distributed database, right? Decentralized database. So it's much harder to gain an access or hack hundreds of thousands of, of nodes, and, no, and but not only ten. So, for example, if you look on some of the biggest attacks, like Ronin Bridge and other attacks, uh, attackers were, were able to compromise and gain an access to the validators' nodes uh, of, of the Ronin Bridge attack. So, Ronin Bridge attack it was $600 million attack, also done by Lazarus Group, and they had like seven validators. And they have compromised five out of the set. So, imagine yourself what happened if they had 17 or 1,000 validators. So, this attack could be prevented. So, uh, so Mayor, since you're since you are uh, since, since you're answering this, I'm going to I'm going to ask you a question directly. You you uh, there was a there certainly we we know that fraudulent activities occur on blockchains, um, and you know there, there's a certain amount of well, it's anonymous. Now, of course, I know I, I understand that every transaction is not really anonymous, like you like you said, everything's written to the blockchain, and it's and it's immutable in the sense that no, that once it's written to the blockchain, it, it, it it's 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 the it's the record, right? So, then the question is, you know how and I know it's possible to track people. I mean, and, and figure this out. So, how can you elaborate a little bit on how that's done? Yeah. So basically, uh, you know, hackers are quite sophisticated, right? They are using a brand new wallet uh, without any any history. But after the exploitation, are, some of them are doing a mistake. Okay, they can connect uh, to some centralized exchanges to do uh, cash outs or using other uh, platforms to do to actually monetize and cash out with their cryptocurrencies. And in these platforms, in the CFI world, they have a KYC. So then uh, invest investigators like uh, chain analysis and forensic companies can link between address in the blockchain to real board entity. So this is the way, uh, one of the ways we can link between uh, real board entities and addresses. And other ways is using machine learning and AI and clustering in order to understand what kind of cluster specific address belongs and to understand if we have any information about it in the real world. Yeah. Okay. So this might be, uh, so I think I'll ask Oded this question. Um, so 
I know there are numerous blockchains, right? So, and we know we talked about the fact that the blockchain itself is generally secure. It's the applications around it, but, but have there been any blockchains themselves that have been hacked? Right. Is, I mean, I know, cause like, I know some guy was complaining about Cardano being more, uh, more secure, but uh, can, can you, can you just talk a little bit about that? So I, I think it's like, uh, again, related to what uh, May was, was answering. I think that currently now, like at this moment, we are in a phase on, on, the, on this uh, revolution of the blockchain that the mistakes that were done in the past, in the last few years, that people built blockchain networks really without taking any security measurements, this been, uh, these methods are being uh, changed because we need to understand that there is a big industry around it, developers industry that always create libraries and software and open source to make sure that we will not do the mistake. So I would say that if today someone would, would build a, a, a blockchain network in a way that, that it can be hackable directly in the network, then it's, it means that he was not building it according to the basic standards or the basic best practice. In order to create a blockchain core network that will be uh, uh, vulnerable, it's you need to be or scammer or you need to be someone that is doing it by intent. Yeah. And it's, yeah, because it's, it's the design of the blockchain, right? Is, is, that, is that a fair statement? And, and that's, and there are certain technologies that we know that when they're deployed in the right way with the right controls, you're, you're going to, it's going to be pretty secure. Um, you know, nothing's a hundred percent, but, but, uh, but uh, yeah, you, 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 it's, you're in, you're into the, uh, you know, you're into the millions of years of time to, to crack it, kind of thing. Um, so, um, Asaf, I'm going to ask you a question here. Um, so, in a, in, in one of these peer, because, because these blockchain networks are peer to peer, generally speaking. So, how does peer discovery tend to work in these? And I know it's probably a blockchain dependent question, but can you provide some examples? Yeah, so, yeah of course. Uh, so every time uh, you're uh, uh, deploying or uh, turning on your uh, your node that connects to the network, let's uh, take for example Gap uh, of Ethereum. When I'm uh, deploying it and it's live and trying to sync now with other peers, it will connect firstly with the boot node. The boot node is something that's inherently inside the node, and it will get the peers from that boot node. Then after we get the peers, it will try to connect with them and try to get the Merkle tree from each and one of them and to compare that. When you see, uh, when you get enough peers and uh, it gets uh, data that you see that is uh, 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 verifiable, then it, it can start to, to, to sync. And it will take time to sync, but uh, uh, after it gets uh, uh, enough snapshots, uh, it, it is getting the, the hashing uh, from each peers, and uh, it can verify it against the other blockchain, all the market. Okay. So now that Dickla's on camera, I'm going to ask her a question. Uh, so can you explain how uh, how people, how the blockchain sort of is verified, right? Because I know as each transaction is written, it's verified and there's consensus. Can you talk a little bit uh, about that? Again, I didn't hear you. Okay, so... 
how the block, how, when things are, I know, I understand that things are verified to the blockchain or verified as they're written to the blockchain. Uh, can you explain how that, uh, that process works a little bit in, in a little bit of detail? And I know it's blockchain dependent, right? Yeah. Basically every transaction you made is being added to the, to the, to the miners. It's being sent all over the network to the miners. The miners will add it to the block. The block will verify the transaction and basically uh, will send it to the to the nodes to verify it. And each node, uh, every time that it gets a block, it will be uh, look at the other nodes and check if there is uh, any difference between the hash of the uh, the nodes. And if there is a, a difference, it will run over the the new node. Yeah, no, this is this is where the consensus comes in, right? Is because yes, yes every every tra- I can, and I know because I've actually set up a, I, I've, I've 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 at least experimented with setting up a, a node. The minute I want to get something on the Bitcoin network, it literally downloads the entire blockchain yes. from from block zero. You know, it verifies yes. each transaction. By the way, yes. and if you try to do this on a system with a spinning drive, it's going to take weeks. I can yes. assure you. Yes. So this is something that has to have you know something with flash yes. storage you know, and that kind of thing. In, in order space. to be in order to be part of the blockchain, you have to download all all the all the data of the blockchain. Yeah, and, and so, bit, I have a question. Yes. But can you talk a little bit about uh, uh, the security vulnerabilities and uh, uh, that we have uh, on chain versus off chain, uh, and and also the difference between what kind of security problems do you see with smart wallets versus smart contracts? Okay, basically on-chain, you're basically attacked on smart contracts. And off-chain, basically it's attacks that usually occurs on Web 2 and went to Web 3. And what's the second question you asked me? About, about the, if I'm using a wallet uh, yes. and, and the hacker wants to target my wallets, what, what mechanism or what techniques you can use to, to, to attack my wallet? Okay. Basically, when he tries to attack your wallet, he will use the efficient techniques in order to try to steal your uh, keys or try to let you uh, install uh, something that looks like a, a different extension that looks like your wallet and try to also to or to steal your keys or to let you import his wallet into your yours in order for him to stole all your money on the account. Awesome. So I've got one more question here and I, I'm going to kind of open, I, I'm going to ask you tie this question, I think, because I think he, I think he can talk to this at a high level. So we're getting questions in the chat about, okay, so of our sort of our traditional you know, like quantum security gateways and that kind of thing, they're, they're, and, uh, technologies that can, technologies that people can employ to help with, at least help find some of this stuff. I mean, and you can tell me if, if I'm, if I'm wrong in this, I, I think, okay, since a lot of this happens on a mobile device, having something like Harmony Mobile around is going to help you because we'll we you know as we're doing the research and finding these malicious actors and, and things we're going to be able to spot these uh, things and prevent them from executing without uh, you know uh, so uh, yeah that's one thing and I know that there we can do some things on the quantum security gateways maybe uh, can can you uh, maybe or maybe even think about maybe is like a strategically like how we might try to address this in the future. Sure. So so we know that a lot of the web two attacks starting in web two. So it can start by the attack, by, by the victim getting an email, uh, a phishing email that is trying to manipulate him to do things. 
Uh, uh, and then we see that also a lot of the ransomware attacks eventually the, the victim pay with cryptocurrency. So once we know that you've been hacked and once we know that you paid with cryptocurrency, we can track or, or we can look where your money that you actually paid as a cryptocurrency is being transferred into the Web3.0 to, to sponsor a new type of attacks. We know that a lot of those type of, of uh, 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 wallet addresses um, are being eventually uh, 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 installed or, or published on regular Web2 websites. So the hackers will bring you to pay uh, with your wallet on a legit Web2 website. And if we know that this wallet, this website is actually a phishing website, and we know that this wallet belongs to the hacker, it's it's a malia or, or the, the address of this wallet is suspicious, we can actually either prevent you from accessing this website, we can work with the company that uh, uh, the, the, the website has been uh, uh, compromised and making sure that the website uh, will block this web, this, this uh, crypto wallet or, 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 crypto, or the address of this wallet uh, for being used. So we can see a lot of linkage between Web 2 and Web 3. And what we're doing right now is internally in checkpoint and also with the industry. And you can see here that we brought some, some dif different uh, startup companies that started to, 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 to play in this space of, of cryptocurrency to work together to understand how we can we secure the entire Web 2 and Web 3 much better than each one separately. Yeah, I think, and I think that's what we all sort of realize with this stuff is that we that all of these things are um, you know all, they're all connected, right? It's not just the block. You know, we're not again, we're not talking about the security of the blockchain itself. We're talking about things built on top of the blockchain, which are using traditional technologies and therefore have the traditional issues with it. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Checkmates Go. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Leave us a rating and review, and share with your colleagues on social media. And we'll see you next time.